at the funeral, James, there were so many young people there that I covered as a broadcaster, but they looked lost. And uh, I felt like I was a hypocrite because I could get out there and talk about uh, the accolades and accomplishments of sports uh, and our teams and all these different things here in our area all night. But I wasn't really given a whole lot of credence to if they knew the good news of the Lord Jesus, if they knew that there was uh, someone who was going to love them unconditionally. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is James Howard Jr., and you're tuned in to another episode of the Men to Men podcast, where our purpose is simply to help men honor God in every single part of their lives. I'd like to thank all of you who've been checking out this podcast over the last few weeks. Uh, we are about three episodes deep into this podcast, so we had some great guests so far the first being my dad the second being brother mitch williams and actually today we're going to be looking at the second part of my conversation with brother mitch but before we dive into that i wanted to ask you a question have you ever thought to yourself man am i actually doing what god wants me to do have you ever felt something deep down inside of you uh where you felt like god was telling you to maybe step out on faith or maybe do something different maybe it was in your relationship maybe it was in your career well, today we're going to be looking at Brother Mitch's story and we're going to talk about how he went from a career in broadcasting where he was a sportscaster for 25 plus years, a very, very comfortable position. He had a solid paycheck and he left all of that behind because he felt like God was calling him to something greater. So my prayer for this episode for you today is if you are listening to this episode and you're trying to make a decision, if you're going to step out on faith and do what God is telling you to do or not, my encouragement and my prayer for you today is that you will have the courage to take that step of faith as you listen to Brother Mitch's story today. All right, let's jump into this episode of the Men to Men podcast. Um, after serving, uh, working 25 years um, at WDAM TV, going from part time to full time to being a sports director uh, and covering events for like nine counties, um, I did camps with Steve McNair. Okay. If a lot of the pro guys like Brett, Adelius Thomas, these guys who were around here all the time, they did camps in the summer. Yeah. But I did the most with Steve. Wow. And they were great. I mean, yeah. we would have them um, at Alcorn. We'd have them in Nashville. Uh-huh. And we'd have oh, they were just great. These meet kids. And we still see kids now that started there, you know, like when they were like four or five or six. Wow. Um, but Stephen died uh, on the 4th of July of 09. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, and it was really crazy. And Mama Mac, who, who dearly loved her, his mother, called and said, I want you to put together his funeral. Hmm. And that was a request. I don't know why she thought of me to put his funeral together. Wow. Uh, but she said, I need you to do that. I need you to facilitate it and lead it. I need you to put it together. And I told Mama Mac, and this is at 2 o'clock in the morning, the the day he was, he was killed. And I said, I... There's no way I'm not going to do that. I can't do that because we're all grieving. And she said, baby, you got to do it and hung up the phone. Wow. Two hours later, I heard from Bus Cook, his agent. He mm-hmm. called and said, yeah, you need to be at a meeting at 10 o'clock on that Sunday morning at Regreen Coliseum. And there we put that thing together. And yeah. Called uh, our good friend Michael Miner, and he got uh, 
acquired West Point. And, oh yeah, oh, Mike. Yeah, called Mike, Mike up. Yeah, called him up and said, "Man, we need what what." And then um, Mama Mac called later on. And said, "This is the number of Dottie Peoples." Yeah. So you need to call her and call her up and just incredible, wow. incredible people and um, that whole week, nephew. We had uh, I had I wrecked two cars. You wrecked week. two cars? Because I was still working in WDAM trying to cover, trying to, <sighs> the Man. store and the dynamics around it, trying to make sure yeah. we had some temperature. But I was putting together his funeral. Yeah. Which was so nuts. Well, after it's over, um, um, and we're seeing they are taking Stephen out, and it's 6,000 people in there. Biggest funeral in Mississippi's history. Hmm. And... Um, and I'm standing up there, and the missus comes up, and she says, "Baby, what's wrong?" And I'm I'm pretty much like a book, you know. You pretty much can kind of tell on my face if I'm good or not. <laughs> yeah. And she said, um, "You know, something ain't right." I said, "I don't know." Hmm. So uh, they took him and took him to the burial site. We went out to Mama Mac's house just to see her, Fred, Tim, his brothers, who I dearly love. And um, and then the next thing you know, uh, uh, the missus had gotten together with Miss Rhonda mm -hmm. uh, Higginson, and they said, "Well, we we we're going to the beach. Y'all going too?" Yeah. Uh, never been to Gulf Shores, Alabama. Had never been. I lived in Hasbro. Never been there before. Yeah. And uh, we took a ride down there, and um, they put us up, and then. Uh, uh, Pastor Wayne cooked shrimp and grits that night. I'll never forget. Yeah. And then he said, let's go take a walk. And um, we had a conversation about uh, what was happening internally because at the funeral, James, there were so many young people there that I covered as a broadcaster, but they looked lost. Yeah. And um, I felt like I was a hypocrite because I could get out there and talk about uh, the accolades and accomplishments of sports uh, and our teams and all these different things here in our area all night. But I wasn't really given a whole lot of credence to if they knew the good news of the Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. if they knew that there was uh, someone who was going to love them unconditionally. Yeah. So that's good. Um, so, um, uh, Fast forward, I um, uh, had a prayer group that um, knew something was going on because my attendance was not very good. I was really just struggling. Yeah. Uh, but love the, 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 the great counsel that I got from my pastor that night. Yeah. And uh, what you told me, he says, whatever what's going on with you is going to cost you something. And two, if something happens and you transition, you have to own it. Hmm. And... Um, so I met with a guy named Bill uh, Buckner, who was the state chairman of the Mississippi uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and mm -hmm. had a great meeting with him. And then he asked me a question. How would you like to use your influence for over a quarter of a century um, for the Lord in, in, in the places where you used to cover sports? And I asked him, could I work for him that day? Wow. 
Now, mind you, now it is now up to 27 years. I was working for Channel Seven, so yeah. I called the, the midges on the way home and said, "Hey, what do you think about that?" She said, "I'm with you." So seven days later, I walked in there with my letter of resignation to Jim Cameron, and he tore it up. And uh, I'm a little country. Uh-huh. Uh, my granddaddy uh, was as you know. He said, he always said, boy, you always got to be ready. So I always had another letter. I had another letter in my back pocket, uh-huh. and I gave it to him. <laughs> and um, that started a journey. That was um, um, the first of 2011 uh, mm-hmm. that we started this journey and um, been on it ever since. I got you, man. So we talk about that, man. Um, I was thinking about stuff to talk to you about, and, and I, I've heard it a couple of times man but that transition from i i would assume a comfortable i assume you got paid okay enough to feed your family yeah to um basically having that i mean 25 plus years yeah that's a career yeah where you're sitting there you're comfortable man you, you could have probably did that until you retired to stepping out on this whole faith journey where you're going into this organization that's highly based off of fundraising and raising your own money and trying to find people to support it and stuff like that. Um, how, how did that transition go for, for you from just going from that comfortable lifestyle to really just stepping out on faith and really not really knowing, Hey, other than, Hey, God told me to do it. That's all I'm going to do. How, how, how did that transition go for, for you and your family, man? Lord have mercy. Nephew. I don't know. I mean, it's scary when I, I keep, I, I, when thinking about it, I know at the point, at the time, you say, Lord, I'm, I'm I'm just here. And then you're like, still, you having to deal with the spirit of fear. You got two kids in college. Hmm. Your wife's not working at the time. And you get a guaranteed check every two weeks wow. on something you've been doing since you were 21 years old. Wow. And you're all, and you know, I was okay. All right. Okay. You know, okay. We're just, we're here. And, um, you know, the part of being a missionary in FCA is raising money. Yeah. And I, I worked with a lot of nonprofits and helped raise money, but I didn't have to raise more than a thousand dollars for something. <laughs> Get kids to eat. You know, right, just right. No, yeah. A couple salmon. Oh, uh, come on. Right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to have a budget of one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Oh wow. Which was, uh, nephew, that was only a, like a fifty thousand dollars salary. I wanted to bring a guy out of Mississippi College with me, a guy named Justin Graves with me. Yeah. He was, uh, um, he, Justin, who's now um, uh, a young adults pastor in Jackson now, but he served with us when we first got here. I loved him. He was from West Jones High School and crazy. That boy put out, um, he gave out, what was it, a thousand Bibles in inner city Jackson? And just walked curly haired, walked out there and said, Hey, look, he's going to Callaway and Murrah. You know, hey, he got he gave all these folk Bibles. I said, I want him. Wow. So he was a graduate of Jones Junior College before he went to Mississippi College. I said, So we got to raise money for him. He got a young wife. We uh, we just gonna believe the Lord. And so, um, but still dealing with that spirit of fear, Lord, what if I fail? Yeah. And really, when I look back at it, it was a, it was a, um, a testing of your faith. Yeah. 
where you're like, okay, you really believe in me? You can talk all that stuff, but you really believe, you really believe that yeah, I called you to this? You really believe that all of this stuff that was, yeah, do you really believe that? That was really the question. Yeah. And um, we were trying to raise money, and then it got down to the point where I said, I told baby, I said, well, okay, I'm going to put, um, take a little money out of our uh, 401k and so we could pay bills. Yeah. And before I could do it, I was doing a camp for a guy named um, uh, Jarius Norwood. He was a uh, running back Mississippi State that played for Atlanta Falcons, but he was a eight. He was his agent was Bus Cook, mm-hmm. and Bus asked us to go do some facilitate some media for him at a camp in Brandon, Mississippi, his alma mater. Okay. I'm out there, and you know our Mississippi summers in July. It's like brutal. So I have a water hose uh-huh. and I'm hosing down kids and you know, with your finger in the hose. Shh, right. Right. And I'm just standing up there and right in the middle of 50 yard line, hosing down these kids. And I get my phone, my cell phone rings mm-hmm. and I don't usually bring my, I don't know why I had my phone with me. I usually during camps. I don't, I tell everybody I'm doing a camp. Mm. Right. Mm. So I had it in my pocket. And I didn't get it, and then the next time it rang again, and I and I got it. So I call, I call the person back, and I said, "Hey," and I said, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is Mitchell. Yeah, hey, how are you? Yes, sir. I remember you." And I said, "Where are you? Where are you?" Well, I'm um, at a camp with Jerry Norwood out here, and he said, "Well, I hear you that you're you know getting ready to try to get on FCA staff and you're raising some money." I said, "Yes, sir, I am." He said, where are you? I said, well, so far um, since we've gotten the assignment in less than three months, we've raised about $12,000. I said, what do you need? He said, I need I need $125,000. So that takes care of two personnel budgets. Also, it expenses gas, insurance, uh, one event for an exp- expense for one event, and also uh, it gives us in a position that if we have to have utilities for our building, it puts yeah. in a position for that. And he said, okay. And he said, well, I've just called the state office, the state office, and I'm sending you $100,000. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That, you know. And I'm like, nephew, like, $100,000? It wiped out our entire debt for a year. Wow. And gave us time to go and raise money for the next year. And still do ministry. I cried on that 50-yard field at Brandon, Mississippi. Wow. Like a baby in front of all those kids. Because then I knew that the Lord had pretty much affirmed, this is where you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And also, um, this message that was in my spirit that said, you are to go back to where you come from. Which, but you're going to serve me in that. You're not going to be covering anything. You're going to be serving me in it. So, um, was it scary? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did my faith grow at the time? Without question. Right. I can, he can uh, make a way out of no way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, with, with this podcast, um, it, it's really specifically focused on men. Gotcha. And so as men, um, you know, we are called to be leaders, leaders of a family, leaders of 
um, our own lives, leaders of the community and stuff like that. And so when you are in a situation like that, especially when you specifically talking about your family, man, um, and you are having to figure out like, hey, are we like you say, are we going to make it? Are we going to have enough for for this for the bills? Are we going to have enough for eating and all this kind of stuff, man? Um, with with that in mind, what would you tell uh, a young man or a, a young father, a young husband who is feeling that 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 uh, the spirit moving inside of him to actually step out and do something? What, what would you What would you? He was right here with us today. What would you tell him? Uh, nephew, I would ask the question uh, with him: Is that uh, what really do you believe? You know, if you if you um, if you believe that God has this in store for you, or you believe that God gave you this, that you believe that this opportunity God gave it to you, but in between that is um, the facts of paying the light bill and the water bill and these kinds of things, or looking at children that need clothes or what. The question is, do you believe what you believe? Meaning who you think provides the clothes? Yeah. Uh, who do you believe provides the food? Who be- who do you believe provides all that? And you can say, well, well brother, man, that's all sounds all good. Uh, but man, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta make that paper. I gotta do what I need to do. Absolutely. You have to. Yeah. But in the end, the one that provides the paper, the one that provides, um, even the future for your own children. Well, guess what? He's going to have the last say so. And the question always is if you're going to trust him. Yeah. I tell I'll tell everybody that and every man will always have a point where, um, he's got to ask himself, uh, what do you believe? And do I trust this? And, um, I know from my own transition is that I trusted in knowing that God said this, this was going to be something. Did I have to walk a fine line in terms of my own personal journey and not get distracted before getting there? Yes. Yeah. Cause it's easy to have those pity parties. Oh yeah. Like, you know what? You know, uh, yeah, but God's there too. He's in the room that when you're having that, yeah, just to assure you and to see if you believe what you believe. It really comes down to that. Whew. I mean, if you don't believe it, then you just don't believe it. I, I get it. Yeah. But uh, I'd rather eat the main course than just have just buffet. When the buffet, you can pick whatever you want, right? Yeah. The main course is what's right in front of you. Whew. That's good stuff, man. I was listening to uh, Pastor Tony Evans out in Texas, man, this morning. And uh, he was he gave the example of when he was dating his wife, um, she wasn't coming along as, as quickly as he wanted to do, as he was used to, he said. Mm-hmm. And he said um, he took her to a theme park, and there was this roller coaster. And he said that uh, he bought two tickets, put her, put on the roller coaster with him. And he knew that if they would have some ups and downs, he knew it was this tight little corner that the roller coaster made, it would cause them to physically get closer. Wow. And so um, he made that example. He said that this morning. He says, man, sometimes God will take you through that roller coaster so that you can get closer to him. Because when you're scared, you don't know what's going to happen. When you're scared, you're going to die. Or you're scared, stuff ain't going to work out. It forces you 
to to get closer to him, man. So I, I heard that on the way over here. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's good stuff right there because so much in our lives, man, it's just like we can forget, especially when things are going good. Right. We can forget like that we we not doing nothing. Right. We ain't doing anything at all, man. And that's that's big. It's that's big. always to me, nephew, in in the moments when a man is challenged, when his faith grows. Yeah. Always. And it's um, it's never in a time of comfort. Right. Uh, oftentimes, it's in a time of chaos right. <laughs> when things are like really. Yeah. And he sharpens iron sharpens iron, so to speak. But he he sharpens that that axe where you can go out there and kill dragons and do these kinds of things for your family. Um, but he puts you through something, and um, and it becomes your story. Yeah. Becomes your story, and um, there are a lot of men out there now that oftentimes I think, you know, feel like um, maybe that the Lord let them down, mm. you know, because you know this was here, what, what, what. I believe it is my thought that um, God is provoked by a level of faith, whatever that is. That's not to say failure won't happen, mm. but it is to say that. Uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, meaning he's never, I, or, or, or see begging bread, meaning I, it's not going to be a situation where he going to let you go. Right. You might kind of go through some stuff, but he's not going to let you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's something. Yo, that conversation was crazy. It is amazing to see how God has helped Brother Mitch uh, over the last 10 plus years and how he's continuing to bless that ministry and help him as he moves forward. And if you're gaining any type of value from this podcast, I would like to know. So if you're listening to this on Apple, I want you to leave a review and let us know if this is a helpful podcast and also maybe give us some suggestions on some things and maybe some people that we can talk to in the future. Again, I'd like to thank you for checking out this episode of the men to men podcast and we'll catch you in the next one